and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And just like that, the dust settles, the WrestleMania tree comes down, the WrestleMania decorations come down, and it's all over for another year. And now begins the January of a wrestling fan's life. It's the run from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. <laughs> Welcome back to ESSR Central here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod, joined this week to talk about all the happening from, well, the past two weeks, because last week was a WrestleMania special. John Isherwood, John, how are you? I'm very good, mate, but I don't know what you're talking about, taking your WrestleMania tree down. Mine's still up. I'm one of those guys who has it up all year long. You know, like those people who celebrate Christmas every day. I'm WrestleMania every day, baby. <laughs> I'm not, by the way, just, yeah, so you know. I was, like, was going to hang up the call, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you good, mate? Everything all right? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Just getting good. ready to do this. And then hopefully get into some wrestling chat. We'll get some big, big news stories to talk about this week. Some that broke while we were doing the WrestleMania show last week. So it's been over a week waiting to talk about these. But before we talk about these, if you want to listen to our back catalogue, including our WrestleMania preview, eh, sorry, our, our preview and our review, eh, and our latest feature show, eh, Chris Murray, Scott McLeod, Gary and Derek Kernan recently recorded a look back at WWE's Revenge of the Taker. <laughs> a classic pay-per-view. A classic pay-per-view from 1997. Good God. That's, that's <laughs> when there were pay-per-views then, not network specials. Premium live events. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to listen to that, you can find it on our back catalogue, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And of course, get involved in the conversation at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Well, one big, 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 big talking point is the premium live event that's coming to the UK, John. Um, oh, my words. First time in 30 years. This is actually very exciting, to be fair. And and wow, I mean, when that was announced, I know it was rumoured for so long, but yeah, this, this is going to be huge. It's the first time in 30 years you mentioned it's going to take place on, is it September the 3rd? I think it is. Yeah, sorry. I've just, the, the date has completely escaped me, but I do believe it is September the 3rd. I, I can have a look, quick look at my Twitter. I can tell you the exact date because I've retweeted the... Uh, uh, the WWE tweet with it. Um, uh, yes, yeah, September the 3rd. That's correct. Saturday, September the 3rd uh, at the Principality Stadium, also known as the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. Uh, a capacity of 74,500, it says here. Possibly open up to 80,000 for wrestling because obviously the pitch and what have you, you can have, uh, have seats down there. Uh, over 59,000 people signed up for the pre-sale. Huge. An amazing amount of people. Huge. <laughs> Just goes to show for years we've been saying, bring a pay-per-view here. Bring a pay-per-view back to, uh, to, to the United Kingdom. And they do it, and it's almost completely sold out months in advance. It is going to be a guaranteed seller, isn't it? I mean, what was it like 70 or thousand per day at WrestleMania, something like that? In fact, my mates just got back from Texas. Um, I'll have to ask him about how, uh, how the stadium was, but it was like 70 or thousand per day. I think Saturday had a few more. This is going to outsell WrestleMania. Yeah, oh, absolutely. How I, wild is that? I, absolutely mental. Well, for years they were predicting SummerSlam would come back to 
um, come back to the UK. We don't know what pay-per-view it's going to be yet. Uh, maybe it's just going to be called like, Wild in the UK or something. <laughs> Wild in Wales. Wild in Wales. <laughs> um, Crazy in Cardiff. Uh, the Welsh Wonderland. Um, but the, uh, So SummerSlam is going to be July 30th this year. Yes. Um, this actually starts off, I mentioned this to you before we came on. So Money in the Bank is July the 2nd. It's going to be at... That's in Las Vegas, isn't it? The Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, where last year's SummerSlam uh, took place. I'm just Which looking. is a really good venue, actually. Uh, the capacity is expandable up to 71,000. So that's the Allegiant Stadium. SummerSlam is going to be in the Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. That is... It has a capacity of 69,000. And then they're going to come into Millennium Stadium, which has a capacity of 74,500, possibly more. So three really big pay-per-views and three really big uh, crowds for WWE coming up this summer. It's It gives you something to look forward to. I know I mentioned at the start of the show the whole post-WrestleMania hangover where all, you know, all the big stars disappear and you're left with other people and it's like new storylines and New people called up and, you know, things take a while to get going again. But with three big stadium shows coming up within within two months of each other, they are going to have to pull out the big guns here. And uh, on the poster for uh, both SummerSlam and Money in the Bank, you've got Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey. So it looks like they are going to pull out the big guns here. Um any predictions, any early predictions for what's going to happen on the UK show? I have no idea. I mean, I, I genuinely have no idea. I guess like the, the road that we're having paved in front of us right now is going to dictate what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to go big and not to steal an AEW phrase, although I am here, they're going to go all in. Yeah, with this, this, this whole run from Money in the Bank to SummerSlam to the event in the UK is going to be massive. And when you think about it right now, it definitely can be because we look at that poster for SummerSlam and I've got this one in front of me. They've just released this. The ticket's going on sale, what, next Friday, I think, April 22nd. You've got Becky, you've got Brock, you've got Roman, you've got Bobby, you've got Charlotte, you've got Ronda, Bianca and Seth Rollins all on there. That's huge as it is. Cody Rhodes still isn't on that yet. AJ Styles isn't on that. The amount of star power that they have right now and what they can use with money in the bank, they're getting ready for a humongous run and there is no doubt about it. I mean, I'd, I'd haste to say what was at the top. I, Drew has got to be like near the top end of the card when it comes to, uh, to, you know, to the UK show. Maybe he's going to pick up money in the bank. Well, my thinking here was, and I sent this the other night to a few friends who, it breaks my heart. They're going, I'm not, it's not that I can't afford it. It's not that I have, like... You've got I, other commitments, the other things. Yeah, it's not that I don't like WWE. It's that I agreed, yeah, yeah let, let's go on holiday. Let, let's go for three weeks in Turkey. Let's enjoy that sunshine. <laughs> there will be a damp cloud over my sunshine when I know all my pals are at the equivalent of a UK WrestleMania, and I'm stuck on... Well, it's not too bad, I suppose. I'm stuck on a beach drinking two-for-one cocktails while... Yeah, I mean, that's a winner for a start. Yeah. I hope it rains, you're with the bastards. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, it's like, I don't think anybody can afford the hotels at the minute. Have you seen the prices? Oh, yeah, some of them are absolutely horrendous, absolutely. Scandalous. Uh, despicable prices, but I, I've said I think Drew wins either the Universal or the WWE title because I don't think they're going to keep them together for long. I think this is a whole, you know, make Roman the ultimate boss before he takes on The Rock uh, in next year's WrestleMania. I think Drew's winning the title, and then I think I think they'll either be a, a Raw in, uh, in Glasgow the night after, or when WWE come back for their usual UK tour in November, you'll have a Raw in Glasgow, and it'll be like the the McIntyre homecoming show or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that'll, that'll be, be wild, man. That'll be so big. That'll be the big ticket seller then. So I think I've got a feeling Drew's going to be there. And hey, maybe it is money in the bank. Maybe it's, you know, they put Drew in the opening match and then the end of the night when Roman's standing tall, the bagpipes play and down comes the big psychopath with the sword. Yeah, but I think they are like looking to build... Uh, Drew back up. The rumours are it is going to be Drew and, and Roman on the circuit, but obviously you've got the Nakamura uh, sort of break at the moment because he's going in with that little feud with Roman, which you know does make a lot of sense because obviously Rick Boog's injured at the, the hands of the bloodline at, at Mania, so it makes sense that Nakamura's coming out for revenge. He's obviously not going to win the title, you know, but I think they'll have a great match. But yeah, I mean, Drew's being primed for that run, putting him up against Sami Zayn at the minute as well. It, you know, another uh, another good opponent for Sami. I think Sami's on a great run, and and uh, you know, even him with Money in the Bank would be fantastic. But I, I've just got a feeling Drew's going to get this, and he's going to be a big part of this uh, because you know it doesn't matter whether it was in Scotland, Wales, England, whatever. Drew's going to get a massive response when he comes out, and I think he's going to be like at least one of the two main events in this UK pay-per-view. So putting him in the title picture and giving him, say, money in the back. I mean, can you imagine a cash-in? A cash-in in the UK? We've had one title change in the UK before with AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal. One and only one. A cash-in. A cash-in with Drew McIntyre. That's going to be massive. <laughs> get your money on it now. Don't, but get your money on it now. <laughs> Um, so that's the September 3rd UK show a lot to look forward to for UK fans and hopefully it's not 30 years before we get another one you know here's hoping that it's well have you seen all the stuff that they want to do around it as well they basically said this is going to be like a UK Wrestlemania they're putting on an access they're going to do uh, you know autograph signings they're having everything this is going to be a massive event and if they pull this off which it looks like they're about to and they're going to do it in record time then they're going to come back yeah, you know, this will be this will be once every it'll be once every year, then maybe once every six months. Yeah, th- this is the litmus test, and if it works, which is going to, then I think the UK audience are in for a very very big treat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So let's uh, before we get to those pay per views, we do have uh, WrestleMania Backlash coming up. Two matches announced this past week for WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, Cody Rhodes had his first match back on Monday Night Raw with the Miz. Uh, Brian Meltzer and uh, sorry, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer sneered, could not give a shit what they think. Uh, Cody, Miz, did, oh, just give up with those two. Come on. Yeah, they ju- they just don't like Miz. I don't know what it is. They've never liked him. I no, I'm I'm saying nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> after the match, uh, Seth Rollins reappeared. 
a attacking Cody Rhodes, and we now have Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins too at uh, WrestleMania Backlash. I'm really, really hoping this is not 50-50 booking. Yeah. I'm hoping this is another straightforward Cody Rhodes win, keep the momentum going, and none of this. Like, don't get me wrong, like the two of them, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania Backlash is Hell in a Cell. Cody V, Seth and Hell in a Cell would be great, but I don't think you need... You don't need a third. You, you could do the third, but you don't need Seth to win any of them. You could have Steph become even more unhinged and Cody being like, the only way to get rid of you is to send you to hell. And then that, there you go, there's the tagline. And then Cody gets a big win in hell in the cell. He's 3-0 against Seth Rollins and that primes him for his eventual match against Roman Reigns. Seth is so over. Like nothing, I don't think anything could hurt him right now. You know, he's so over with the crowd. He'll come out and he'll do the whole thing, you know, getting the crowd singing his theme tune. And he's so good in the ring. Like he's he's so over, no loss could harm him at the minute. Yeah, you know, no, nothing's going to make him look bad because he'll come out of it looking like a million dollars in the end. No, so exactly. yeah, he he doesn't need to win this. I do hope there's no fifty fifty booking because for me, yeah, you've got to put Cody now on this one year path towards that title. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we also have, God knows why this is still going on, but <laughs> Charlotte Flair and. A Ronda, Ronda. yeah, or the women's uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, an I Quit match. I know an I Quit match. Yeah, because Scott pointed us out last week on our our WrestleMania review show that we had Ronda Rousey talking about how I've now got the ankle lock, I've got the arm bar, I've got this, I've got that that can make you tap out. Charlotte Flair started trying to make Ronda tap out with the, the figure four and going after her knee and the build up was going to be I'll make you no, I'll make you tap, I'll make you tap. And then it was a screw finish, one, two, three. Like it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean the screw finish was there basically just so they could continue the feud. You know, yeah, if it was if it was def- definitive that it would have had to go one way, you know, just completely one way or the other, and then we couldn't see this ever again. But I mean, I'm I'm not at all interested in seeing it. I mean Ronda Rousey is a fantastic attraction. She's yeah, we we know what Ronda's going to bring. I don't think the second run has really worked at all. She's been awful on the mic. She needs some. She needs like Paul Heyman with her. Yeah, she needs to be a badass. I I like. Yeah, they want to put her as a, a big face because it's Ronda Rousey. You know, she's a mum now. Things are different. But Ronda Rousey is the baddest woman on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Make her the baddest woman on the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy. It's an easy sell. But she's come back and her promos just ain't working. And she either needs to spend some time with Paul Heyman or with somebody sitting down and going, right, well, you know, your delivery's not right. Even for a face, your delivery's not right. I, I think she's come out too timid and a little bit kind of unsure of what she wants to say. So she needs a lot more confidence brought into her. And and you know, just losing again to Charlotte's not going to do anything for her. Yeah, not at all. Do you think this will be the match? Because I think I think they'll never have Rousey say I quit. Um, no. Do you think this is going to be the match where Rousey wins and then I mentioned Hell in a Cell as the next pay-per-view. Is this the Hell in a Cell match? Is this the, the violent, bloody end to the feud? Because it felt as if... If it was if they were holding back at WrestleMania, as if to be like, this is the start of a run. Yeah, I think, you know, 
because there's nobody else viable right now to take on Charlotte. Yes. On the SmackDown women's roster. Then yes. Yeah. Why not have, have number three and that's the blow off. And then whether, you know, whether Ronda emerges from that with the tile, then fantastic. Uh, but then she's got to get a credible opponent. You know, she can't go on a massive run up until Becky at WrestleMania next year. You know, she's got to have somebody credible. And and obviously there's a few still waiting to come back. There's Asuka, there's Bailey, Lacey Evans has just been reintroduced and, and a more sympathetic character they've got going with Lacey at the moment. I, I don't know whether that's going to work when she actually emerges. Um, obviously, you know, Raquel has, has now joined the fray, but has to be built up because they're going to want to build her up. Yeah, the, uh, you know, if she, if she beats Ronda, that would actually be quite impressive. I think that would make Raquel Rodriguez. I think that would make Raquel big time. You were talking about that as well, and I absolutely agree. There's no incredible to take on uh, Charlotte at the minute. And the no. problem here is when Ronda Rousey wins the title, there's no incredible to take her on. Yeah, it's it's just the SmackDown women's roster just seems to have like it's completely floated by because the the other two top challengers are now currently the Women's tag champs. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe that'll be a thing. I don't know. Maybe going forward, maybe Shayna will start teaming with Ronda. God knows. I don't I, know. I, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Shayna and Ronda because they. I don't know if you caught the uh, the training videos. Did you see those before WrestleMania? Yes, but they were great. You know, and it's obviously they're really good friends. Shayna's got a massive submission background. That is her nickname. She's the submission magician. Throw those two together, man. It's just it, it's it's in front of your face, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe that'll be one of the one of the challengers for possibly SummerSlam or the UK show. Possibly a uh, a Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler because a bit, she's on, a bit of friendly competition. A bit of friendly competition. You do a couple of matches with them, you know. If Shayna takes Rousey or limit, it's not exactly a surprise. No, you can sell it as a legit fight as well. Yeah, like it's like Brock and Bobby. You could sell that as a legit fight. Yeah, absolutely. So to the, those two matches announced for WrestleMania Backlash. Let's talk about uh, a couple of things NXT related. Um, this this story broke when we were we were doing a WrestleMania review last Wednesday. We're recording. Currently Thursday the fourteenth of April, so the, the fallout's happened. But um Nash Carter released by uh, WWE, current one half of the current NXT tag champs at the time, had won the title with Wesley at Stand and Deliver. Looked as if they were gonna go on a feud, uh, a run with the titles as uh, pretty deadly were revealed to be the Creed Brothers attackers. Yes, boy! <laughs> but then, um, some accusations uh, put towards Carter um, by his, his estranged wife, it seems, uh, the former Impact uh, wrestler, Kimberly. She had alleged that he was a domestic abuser. She put up photos of um, bruises on her face. Nash Carter, uh, sorry, Wesley's wife then came out and said, Nash Carter's been living with us for nearly six months at this point. He's getting trying to get away from her. She's the emotionally abusive one. It was a it was a murky, horrible, horrible thing. She released uh 
a photo of Nash mid-shave. He had shaved his his moustache to look like a Hitler photo, uh, to look like a Hitler moustache, and he was doing a Nazi salute. And I think that was the final... The, the accusations, it was, you know... It was almost as if they were like were looking into these accusations, but the photo I think was the last straw. Nash Carter released and MSK no more in NXT. Yeah, I mean, geez, um, a very silly move from back in the day. Um, you don't do stuff like that. You, you know, also any allegations of assault need to be looked at. You know taking the titles off the pair of them while that happened was probably the right, you know, the right thing to do anyway. Uh, I think that would have happened, but you know, that was obviously the final nail in the coffin, if you will. And uh, a very, you know, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. You know, the, these, these things don't go away. If you're not, you know, if, if you do these, we've, we've seen this with, certain members of royal families and, and stuff like that. You know, these, these pictures come back and they will haunt you. And when you're getting in a situation like that, things get nasty, don't they? And I mean, you know, they were, they were clearly an incredibly talented team, but there's no excuse for doing what you did. And, and it was the, you know, the right decision for all parties. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the ins and outs of, of, of all the allegations. I don't think there's, yeah, it, it, there's too many arguments. I believe Kimber has uh, deleted her Twitter profile now. Um, while while all this is still kicking off, and you know, yeah. it's 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 just it's wild, man. I mean, it's it's just crazy. I believe WWE does have a like a clause in the contracts where if these allegations come, if allegations are brought against you they can release you while these allegations are going on. Uh, I expect they'll have done that a lot more in contracts since speaking out. Yeah, the, well, two very... Rightfully so. Two very famous cases where it came back that the, the people were innocent was was Rich Swan and Enzo Amore. But when yeah. allegations got brought towards them of, a, uh, of abuse, then instantly you know, released, done, gone, you know, and... There's a zero tolerance for things like that, and it's a, it's the right policy. It's the... Yeah, it happened to Rhino back in the day. Um, him and his wife got in a very public argument, and it was it was seen as bringing the company into disrepute, and he was let go, because they had a very public, like, fight in a... Like, an, an argument in a hotel room. This isn't the Indies. This isn't a publicly traded company. Yeah. Yeah. With investors and and shareholders who ain't gonna stand for this, with media partners who are not gonna stand for having anybody on their programming who is accused of anything like that. We've seen this happen with actors before as well. Yeah, this 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 is not a you know, just a one off thing to to wrestling. This stuff happens and it's the right thing. It is oh it's it's so messy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I don't want to get into the, the ins and outs of who's right and who's wrong. I did see a couple of wrestlers tweet out support for Nash Carter saying, you know, that this is, uh, I believe it was Chris Bay tweeted out, this is bullshit. Hopefully everything resolves itself and, you know, nobody is harmed and, you know, anyone who has done any wrongdoing is 
brought to justice. Now, I think that's the be the best way we can put it. You know, we we're not taking sides here. It's a case of it's a mess. Uh, it's it's just a messy situation, isn't it? And it's yeah, obviously something that people are talking about right now, and probably still are going to be talking about for a little while. And and sure, there's going to be statements popping up from 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 both parties at some points. But uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Well, let's talk about the, the on-screen stuff. Let's come back to the actual wrestling stuff. And pretty deadly were revealed as uh, the Creed Brothers attackers. This past week, there was a five-team gauntlet on uh, NXT. There was the Creed Brothers. There was Grayson Waller and Sanger. There was a... Uh, Brooks Jensen and uh, the one. <laughs> and, um, uh, and his mate... <laughs> I can't remember his name. No, it's not. It's uh, Legado del Fantasma. I could not remember. I, yes. I've lost Mario's in my head for some reason. Legado, Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Briggs, that was it. Briggs. Briggs and Jensen. <laughs> Briggs and Jensen. And, um, of course, pretty deadly. Creed Brothers run the gauntlet. They get to the final hurdle, only for pretty deadly, to screw them over once again. The, the the Creed brothers being built as almost faces now. They're 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 going to be the sympathetic baby faces chasing these these dastardly heels. I love the presentation of the Creed brothers right now. I think it's great. Um, that from the start of them coming down to the ring, uh, Bivens obviously billion dollars. The man is incredible. When they get in that ring and and the, they do the split screen. Yes, I, lo I love that. The presentation is unique. It's something different, and they are horses, man. They go. They're real good. I think they they're going to be main roster bound real soon. They're yeah. very very good. Um, this tournament as well, by the way. Just getting this one in. What boys? G GYV. They got done dirty there. Why were the Grizzly Young Veterans not in that? I know. I was wondering the same myself. I picked them in my draft last season. Oh man, gutted for Gibson and Trey. I mean, they're just like treading some water at the minute in that. They really are. They've been on level up a few times, but they're treading some serious water at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately so. But um, new tag team champions are pretty deadly. Yes, a new, boy. A new fresh heel tag team to hate. And two, have they been, re they been renamed, yeah? Elton? Yes, they have. Uh, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, is it? There we go. That that sounds like names of people that are very good looking that I don't like. And it, <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm Elton Prince. <laughs> and I'm Kit Wilson. And you're going to really hate us. There you go. See, it works, it works already. Um, but we were talking about um, why we're Grizzled Young Veterans in there. Um there might be space for them in the tag division again soon. Grayson Waller has came out and yeah. he says he's no longer going to uh, carry Sag, uh, Sag, Sanger. Yeah. Mate, he's I'm not carrying Sanger anymore. Because he's, he's Australian. <laughs> yes, that was awful. We're moving swift though and I wasn't drawing attention to it. Anyway. <laughs> That's my terrible, terrible Australian impression. Hey, come on, I watch Neighbours on the Daily. I should have a great Australian accent. <laughs> I watch Derry Girls. It doesn't mean I'm going to do a Derry accent. <laughs> But anyway, never um, gonna get that voice over gig now. No, never, never, never. <laughs> but um, I, I uh, so Sai 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 Sanga, 
He's a wonder to stand while I'm stuttering over this because the big lad, the big lad. There's another person with a similar name that we're going to talk about later on, but yes, Sanga was one half of Indushare. Um, he was the one that accidentally tweeted out the result of Keith Lee winning both NXT and North American title back in the pre-taped uh, performance center era. Oh, I remember that. Veer Mahan is now away on his own. Veer Mahan looks decent enough, making his debut this past week, absolutely destroying Dominic Mysterio. Yep. The first time I'd seen uh, Sanga was when he was outside for the North American title ladder match, and oh my God, is he a lumbering, big, clumsy oath. I don't know what it is about these big big giant Indian guys, but they just have a touch of the great Khalees about them um, because he looked absolutely terrible. And I think maybe WWE have realised that and they're going to go with Grayson Waller looks like he's going to continue his push. And it looks like going ahead, he'll no longer be carrying the dead weight of Sanger. And you talk about someone treading water, NXT India, it's, it's not happened. It's not happened for a while. I think he could be out the door with a few other ones. And it's a shame because I, I actually thought in the show were, you know, a, a pretty dominant looking tag team when they started. But again, like the presentation that they had, who was front and centre with them? It was Malcolm Bivens, wasn't it? Malcolm Bivens just gives that star shine to them as well. I mean, they look like legit beasts when they were in there. But again, maybe, the, you know, there's a little bit of masking of the skills and, and putting him... Yeah, putting Sanger with Grayson Waller was probably a good thing. Good insurance policy. Looks like a beast outside, but uh, yeah, maybe he needs more ring time. And and uh, yeah, maybe he could be one who's on you know on on the future endeavoured list real soon. You know, if he doesn't improve so much, I, I guess they're going to give him a shout on level up. I, that's where I put any of these people who aren't performing as well as you'd expect. Get them on level up. Get them at TV time. Get in that ring time. Get the bumps on the card. And and see if they improve. And if they don't improve, then hey, you know, thanks very much. But wish you well in all your future endeavors. Yep. Uh, and speaking of um, people helping level up, uh, the boat Natalia, the best of all time, the uh, legend, is now on NXT. Not bothering with a tag team title shot anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, yeah, I can't be bothered with this tag team nonsense. I'm, I'm, I'm going to NXT. Uh, playing the AJ Styles role from this past uh, this past autumn, where he went over and uh, had a wee mini feud with Grayson Waller. Um, I, I quite like this the way people can, you know, come down, have a wee program, then go back up. I'd much rather they did that with people who have nothing going on. You know what I mean? I've said this about um, going back to NXT level up. You go from there and you've got people who are on NXT like Kushida who've been there for a while and are, who are very experienced. You put them in there with people who aren't as experienced and give them the rub and give them the help. You know, it, Kushida will guide them around the ring and yeah, he'll take the loss, but he'll make this person look good. And then you jump up that level to actual NXT and you get people like AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler and... Now Natalia come down and just by association, just by being in the ring together, Cora Jade has just gone. Boop! She's jumped up a little bit now and she's going to be in there with somebody who, let's face it, has looked after so many of the female talent. Her husband books the female matches. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> we have got like you know the best environment for Cora Jade to be in right now. So it's it can only be a good thing. And you know, Natalia looked happy enough to be there and do that. And I know she loves giving back. I know, like, you know, she works she worked for ages with uh with Lana. Yes. And and spent so much time training with her. They've got like, you know, this ring set up as, as so many do in uh in like this warehouse and they were, they were training there for so long. I think she did a similar thing with Liv Morgan as well. And you know, it's it's just great to throw them in there with it. You know, and Cora Jade, I think, you know, they're looking at her as the big star. You know, she's young, she's over with the fans, especially the young fans as well. You know, they're all gonna they're, they're all gonna get drawn to her. It's not her time yet, but giving Natalia her uh, you know, her chance to kind of work with her and give her that rub and that shine and give her that little bit of guidance. Perfect. Yeah, and she's um She's also helped the likes of Ronda Rousey. She's very well experienced. And did you see the tweet? Um, it was a tweet from, uh, I believe, Cora Jade. is only about 20 anyway. About six years ago. And Cora Jade sitting there, braces, 14-year-old. She's yeah. a Natalia at a WWE live event. And it said, see you soon. You're like, long-term storytelling, guys. Well played. <laughs> Yeah, it's great finding stuff like that, isn't it? Because, you know, a lot of these people who are breaking in now, and especially getting into NXT, they were fans. I mean, even, you know, look at the Kevin Owens thing with Steve Austin. You know, there's that picture of KO and Steve back in the day, and, you know, he got that advice of him, and then there they are headlining WrestleMania together. And that that is, a, it's, like I say, it's long-term accidental storytelling, but it's, it, it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely, it works. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Natalia on NXT and nice to see a, a women's feud that isn't revolving around the women's title. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I I, I think Toxic Attraction are great. Um, they're going to, uh, once again, you know, once they disappear to Raw, SmackDown, they're going to be really good on there. Uh, I think it's been a benefit for Mandy Rose to go back to NXT and, and sort of hone herself a little bit. But like I said, it's, it's good to see a women's feud there that isn't revolving around the title. Yeah, absolutely. Well, or, or awful matches with some of the other talent that are there. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Tamina Dana Brooke. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Lash legend. Come on, you need to improve. <laughs> um, let's finish off the NXT section by heading back to the main roster because uh, a couple of call-ups this past week. Um, the former Walter, now known as Gunther, heading up to SmackDown along with the former uh, Marcel Barthel also now known as Ludwig, um, both in red, both absolutely dominant, uh, Walter in the match and then Ludwig after the match, along with the former Raquel Gonzalez, now known as Raquel Rodriguez. I don't mind a wee tweak here and there, but it, does it have to be every single person? It's a strange one, isn't it? I get some of them because like, it's the name ownership thing. And they don't have the ownership of the name and the, and the talent won't let that go, obviously. They don't want to because it's their names. And it's their trademark. Like, well, I think Walter was actually his own trademark. Uh, or, you know, something along those lines. It's the same with Pete Dunne. You know, he had that he had that name. So it's like, right, well, you're going to be Butch. Um, and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, I don't, I, I don't know if that's her shoot name. But... Um, if they didn't own it, it's just like, right, we're going to change it. But also it is, you know, it's the alliteration thing, isn't it? It's the Peter Parker, Ra Raquel Rodriguez. Um, it, it kind of rolls off the tongue and it works. And, and yeah, it's, it's interesting, but the, yeah, 
Ludwig. I don't know if that's. Uh, I, I just because Marcel Bartel. I think that's a WWE own property. I, I just stick with it. I would oh, give up. <laughs> it's weird, but I'll tell you what. Walter looks great. Walter looks fantastic right now. Yeah, and as well, like I made this argument with um, Dave the other week. We, we were so used to. Um, we were so used to the name Walter yeah. because I who it was the guy himself, not the name who was a beast and made a name for himself and won titles all over Europe and it was like it, WWE have wanted him for years but he was the guy that said no, I don't want to move to America and now he's eventually made that leap and they've got their man and they've had him on NXT normal TV and they've had him on uh, UK the NXT UK, the record-breaking title run, they've had, they've now got him in SmackDown, and if he was called Gunther that entire time on the Indies, and they changed it to Walter, the reaction would have been the same. Yeah, because there one is an old German name and one is an old guy name, so it, it's the actual guy himself. So the like I was saying to Scott, like. I don't even notice anymore that Gunther is his name. It's just so it rolls off the tongue. Like, oh, that's Gunther. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it's like, oh Walter, oh mate, mm. it's, it's like he's, you know, he's your mate's granddad, isn't he? Yeah, but Gunther, that's that. Yeah, that's that. That's the the the, the big sounding European. He's gonna was, he's gonna batter you. <laughs> but yeah, so glad to have Gunther, uh, Gunther and Ludwig. On Raw, eh, on SmackDown. Sorry, I'm hoping maybe we tag title run before Walter gets that big singles push. Do you think he's going to get pushed to the you know for the whichever title is going to end up on SmackDown in the end, or do you think they're going to shove him for like the Intercontinental title? Yeah, you, you could him and Ricochet. He will throw Ricochet around that ring. I think when the draft comes. He'll go to Raw and he'll take the US title because Vince loves a big foreign heel yeah. as the champion. So I think that'll be his. He'll have to wrestle it off theory first because I think he's going to get it in a bit. Yep, but uh, there we go. So, And we also had a debut on Raw. Possibly the the weird... He didn't really need a debut, but it was still kind of a weird one. He was introduced in the Ezekiel slash Elias slash I'm not Elias Kevin Owens bickering. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa had a run on the main roster uh, in the lead up to WrestleMania 35 uh, back in Jan- uh, from December to February uh, 2019. He then has been on Raw recently uh, as part of the Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode sort of feud. And now it feels like he's he's there now. You know what I mean? It was it was obvious for a while that he was leaving NXT, but. Still, not a great way to debut. Just <laughs> plonk him in the middle of someone else's segment. It was a bit of a strange introduction. I think people know who he is, but like they've not introduced him properly yet. I think, you know, it's like, oh, here he is. You know, he's officially on Raw now. Great. Um, and he's like, yeah. Um, oh, wait a minute. There's Zeke on this. Kevin Owens coming. It's, yeah. I mean, hey, look, give me KO and Champa all day long. That'll be amazing. Uh, but, yeah, it's a bit of a weird introduction that one, and I think yeah they need to they need to throw in some some vignettes. They need to put some packages together, and and they need to let him get in the ring and and you know show what he's all about. Yeah, I think so. He was sort of 
he was introduced as a tag team. You know, we had Evil DIY at the time uh, from the fallout of NXT TakeOver Phoenix, I think it was. Uh, and we had both of them as champions on Raw. Uh, Champ is the NXT champion and Johnny is the North American champion before he lost it to Velveteen Dream. But then, on the flip side, he has been sort of, instead of the equal tag partner, he's now been the sort of grizzled veteran helping the old guy out against these dastardly heels. He's sort of been a bit part character. That's why I wasn't too thrilled with his his introduction there. Yeah, they need to they need to make him. Yeah, they need to tell everybody who he is again. And I think like with the way that audiences consume Raw, I don't think they're as into it as they are SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, it's more fleeting with Raw. You know, you can just jump into segments, especially I did this week. I fast forwarded through most of it. You know, there was, um, yeah, you know, th- there's a chance to kind of like reintroduce him, give him a, a you know, a couple of packages, give him some, give him some squash matches, just to show, show the audience what he's about. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Champa versus KO, as you mentioned, though, there's the history there. There's the 2019 War Games. There's Survivor Series from 2019. You know, there's there's lots of stuff there. And then uh, there's, I think they were in a promotion, but I don't think they can talk about that anymore. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that promotion when we're talking about another promotion in a wee minute's time. But last WWE news from this week, um, the Usos showed up in Raw this past Monday night. Um, Roman Reigns has ordered them. I've unified both titles. Now you must do the same. The Usos versus RK Bro, I would absolutely love to see that. Yeah, give me that. Give me that all day long. It'll be fantastic. And uh, yeah, I know like your Street Profits have tried to get involved in there. And I do worry for the Street Profits because uh, I think they're well and truly over, but they've, they've lost too many times to look credible now in the, in these title matches. But obviously, RK Bro are the elite on Raw at the moment. But yeah, give me Usos and RK Bro all day long. That will be awesome. What are your thoughts on unifying both tag titles the way the way Roman's currently done with the the world titles? You're going to unify it. You've got to make it mean something, and yeah, not just unify it to go ah six months later. Yeah, the gone now. Yeah, there's got to be a reason behind it. And like when when Seth, do you remember when Seth had the U.S. title and the and the world title, and he yeah. had to, he had to defend them both. Yes. So defend them both. Yeah, if you're going to split them up again down the line, defend them both. I I said this to, I think it was either Chris or Scott, that when we were talking about title unification, if they unified, you know, the two mid cards, the women's, two mid cards, the women's, the men's, and the tag titles, and said, right, from now on, like it was back when uh, Undertaker Rock, Brock Lesnar, were undisputed champion. Champion can be on both shows. Yep. Great. Because then you could go, right, for the next two months, the main titles on Raw are going to be the IC title and the women's title. And the main titles on SmackDown are going to be the world and tag team. And then you switch it about and then, oh, by the way, the women's and worlds are on Raw the mid-card and the tag title or SmackDown, you know what I mean? And it keeps, you can build people up in the background as challengers without running into the champions. And you don't have to do it like the same way that you probably do in the past. We don't need a load of tournaments. We just need some good feuds, you know, got some good tag feuds going off on the background, 
and and build these teams up so they look like credible challengers. Yeah, plus the the money in the bank would seem a bit more like it would it would seem a bit more deadly because then that guy could be like, by the way, I'm on both shows now. I'm watching you, you know, yeah. or that girl. Um, and as you, you don't need all the tournaments, but it would allow for more breathing space for things like King of the Ring, King of the Ring, King of the Ring, King of Turn there, King of the Ring, and the Queen's Crown tournament, and things like the May Young Classic, the Cruiserweight Classic. You could do on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it would make, I mean, like the King of the Ring thing. I know we've obviously got Queen Zelina still doing her thing and she's got merchandise and everything, but they've taken the, the King of the Ring gimmick away from Woods already. Oh, I know, it's... <laughs> like, make it mean something. He was King of the Ring and he fought for that so, you know, so well. Not just, you know, in, in the ring, but also on social media. Make it mean something. Like you said, you know, King of the Ring, what, what happened with that back in the day? You won King of the Ring, you were number one contender. At SummerSlam. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, you got a big four um pay-per-view main event. It was it was the summertime Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is, it's just the way it works. I, I just I, I don't see why they're not sort of using that now. I I, I think, you know, maybe that's kind of I'm hoping that the the, you know, the whole situation with Cody and he's come in and said, like, yeah, this is what I want to do, and I'd love to be able to do this run. And maybe, you know, they're going to listen to him. I mean, obviously, I know things get changed on the fly, but if they're going to sit there and listen to him, then that would be amazing because then, you know, the, the, there could be a change in booking philosophy here. I'm not, I'm not holding out any hope, but I'm hoping there, there will be. Yeah, here's hoping. But um, that finishes up most of our WWE uh, content from this week. A uh, quick wee story from New Japan uh, just Robinson has announced he's done with New Japan and he's not going back. It was on the Wrestling Observer radio show recently. He said he signed an extension to finish up his dates and finish up his run. But now he's done and that's him. He's not going back to New Japan. We've seen him have a few dalliances in uh, Impact Wrestling along with David Finlay. Do you think maybe that could be a destination for him, or do you think the call of WWE is coming? I think he's just uh, as, as we go back in the day, like Shawn Michaels, he lost his smile, and yeah. uh, he said he said that he, yeah, there's nobody he wants to face right now. He doesn't. He just doesn't want to wrestle. Uh, maybe he's got to that point where he just wants a break, and you know, coming back, what's going to excite him? Because he was saying Tony's very excited in AEW at the moment, which is fair. Uh, I think, you know, it's a good environment for her. For him, would he be right there? Probably not. He'll get lost in the shuffle. Um, go to WWE. What are they going to do with him? Climate yeah. change. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't blame him looking at Impact, but he's probably not going to be making the same money as he was making at, at New Japan. He's, oh, I think he's going to take some time out. Look, maybe, maybe. It's... It's a weird time, one. Time out, he, reassess. Yeah, he, he's one of the, the poster child guys for certainly the early stages of WWE isn't the be-all and end-all. He was one of the few... 100%. You, you look at NXT under Triple H and Ryan Ward, they had, they had a good success rate for taking people and making them into characters that people liked. 
or like people hated, but in the right way, not with go away heat. And it looks like it looks like that was the one failure. But he he's went to New Japan. He's, he's won the United States title over there. They could run, had a good few matches with the likes of Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. So who knows what the future holds? But hopefully he's a uh, Hopefully he's happy when he does. So yeah, if he needs a break, he needs a break. Yeah, totally. Sometimes you just need to take that time out and go, right, you know what, I've had enough of this for, for a bit. And I think especially when you're you know, when you're in such a high impact thing as as wrestling and you're bumping all the time and you're, you know, doing some pretty crazy things with your body, you know, it's not just the physical toll, but it's the mental toll of it all. And you need that time. Yeah. So no, maybe I- that's it. Maybe, but let's um, let's move on from wishing someone well to slagging someone mercilessly. Um, Tony Khan. We never so, do things like that on this podcast. Never. Never, 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 never. But let's do it today. <laughs> I've made it clear I, I do not like Tony Khan. I like the fact that he has provided a financially stable alternative for wrestlers to go wrestle in North America. I like that he's bought and brought back Ring of Honor. I like that he is a fan. He He's a fan like you and I. I don't like that he is clearly out of his fucking mind because <laughs> um, he tweeted out, an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to sing, to signal boost them. Look co- closely. These aren't real people. Who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing? This is Tony Khan claiming that no one is criticising AEW, the people that are criticising AEW are fake accounts, and that Vince McMahon and the WWE are paying, paying for these bot farms to criticise AEW. It was a very silly thing to say, wasn't it? Let's ju- <laughs> let's say that right now. I mean, what he thought when he was tweeting that and going, "This is this is the right thing to say right now." I'm going to put this out there. And I mean, what independent study? He's not shown any background to this. It just seems like he's thrown his toys out of the pram because he's seen a few comments online that might have just hurt some of the feelings of the guys in the locker room a little bit, and he wants to protect his boys or whatever. But Oh, it's just, it was cringe. And, and I think that this is the thing with, with Tony because he's such a mark. <laughs> like I say, he's such a fan. And you've got to give him kudos for everything that he's been doing. Ring of Honor, fantastic. Bringing AEW, which let's face it, has you know, been putting on bangers of shows. There's been some great stuff in there. But then he, he almost ruins that goodwill by tweeting utter nonsense like that and you're like oh tony stop it and uh and again like after that he's gone back to his his usual thing there's a big announcement coming oh, if you sign now which free agent have you got your hands on right big announcement yeah okay okay right whatever do you remember and, do you remember dixie carter used to do this yeah like, maybe he's been taking Tips. I don't know. You've been taking something, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it, I just, I just can't get my head around it. I mean, he doesn't do this with the 
Jacksonville Jaguars or Fulham, does he? Oh, no, remember, he, <laughs> he did do it with Fulham. Oh, did uh, he? I didn't see that. Jimmy Carragher called him a clown on the Monday Night Football show. Well, you, obviously, you know I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm going to say Jamie Carragher's right. So. <laughs> pause it there. Pause it there. <laughs> but, my, I mean, like, uh, it's it's one of those things where, like, I think he's he's taken, the, because he's such a fan, because, like, obviously, Fulham, uh, you know, is his business. He feels like he has to protect it. Jacksonville Jaguars, it's a family business, has to protect it. This is This is his toy. This is him. Yeah, this is not just his business. This is his toy. This is his thing. So he's got to say something. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, dignified silence. Yeah, I'm sure Vince isn't sitting there going, oh, yeah, I'm going to get on Twitter. I'm going to get all those bots. Let's get me an army of those bots. Yeah, he's not doing that. Unless he did ring up, unless he did ring up Trump and, and did that. Not that I'm going down that conspiracy theory, but yeah. I'm not sure Vince doesn't know what Twitter is. I think that's old Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'll do it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I've got your accounts. It's all good. Um, Don't give it Shane. He'll just put pictures of trainers up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But anyway, um, it was a good show last night on AEW, but let's go back to Rampage from uh, last Friday there. Um, Wheeler, Utah. Uh, one of the latest AEW signings at a big weekend at um, at the Ring of Honor uh, comeback show on WrestleMania weekend, and had almost uh, it's almost called the Austin moment now, where you have a bloody belter of a match that you end up not winning. He had a sort of breakout match with John Moxley this past week on Rampage. It was a hell of a fight. Oh, it was brutal, wasn't it? Absolutely brutal. Nothing, nothing more you should expect from the <laughs> the Blackpool Combat Club. I find that I, I'm sure that sounds so badass to Americans, but I've been to Blackpool, so you know, <laughs> mate, it's yeah. up the road for me. I know Blackpool very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you you don't maybe get like you know those bare knuckle fights every now and again. You'll get an M party scrap or something like that, but you ain't getting the bare knuckle fighting. Oh. Okay, can I just tell you a story about a, a stag do in Blackpool, by the way? No, go on. Right, this is completely, completely off topic, but um, this might get in the Blackpool Combat Club, I don't know. Uh, so we're all out for a stag do, my mate's uh, stag do, and uh, we're in a club, and this uh, this woman starts talking about the rabbit in her bag. And we're like, oh, did you, are you for real? You look, you brought that out. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, no, yeah, yeah. I've got my rabbit with me. And she opens her bag. And do you know what was in there? It was an actual rabbit. It was an actual rabbit. Oh, <laughs> and we're, just, we're stood there like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, and we're, how many drinks have we had? Yeah. Like, this, is that real? And then, you know, his, his little nose twitched. And we're like, no. Why have you brought your rabbit out? You. Uh, uh, then we walked away. I know you've went from you're dirty to you're a complete mentalist. But it's, anyway, it was uh, so weird. Wheeler Uter added to the rampant rabbit uh, Blackpool comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it seemed to be like a new breakout star. And yeah, big time. Really good match. Really good. I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of John Moxley. I wasn't. Yeah, I did. I, I, I think it was maybe the hangover from Dean Ambrose. I was just bored of it. But since he's got hooked up with Regal and Danielson, he's really just shot on and improved. 
and and changed my opinion of him. You know, he, he's he's a great part of that now, I think, and he really made uh, Utah shine. Um, so we, we moved forward to Dynamite this past week. Two title matches on uh, Dynamite. Jurassic Express defending the title successfully against uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, the former Undisputed Era. Um, two other ones that are just kind of sort of lost in the, the massive shuffle. They need um, Adam Cole to win the world title and then get them with him and and just take over from that point. Yeah, they've not, not since they had Kenny as a world champ in the Young Bucks as the... Um, yeah, as the tag champs. But they, it didn't feel like the Undisputed Era thing where they were together. You know, they were together some weeks and then other weeks it was like Kenny was off doing AAA or Impact yeah. Wrestling, you know. It felt as if they were separate, but I, I, I would like to see... Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do it with Inner Circle. Yeah, I would have thought that. For winning the titles when Jericho was world champion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, Cole gives them that extra bit of star power. I love the tag team. I think they're great. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just bored of like Jurassic Express now. I mean, I, I'm, I think Jack Perry's great. Luchasaurus, not massively into um, their tag run, the tag title run. I think, yeah, was has kind of run its course a bit. Um, Red Dragon are the probable best team to take it off them because um, FTR are doing their thing but yeah I, I think if you put Cole winning this Texas death match on Friday and then they pick the titles up later on and put them right at the top right yeah no absolutely I agree um, so one of the things coming out of WrestleMania weekend was Minoru Suzuki winning his first ever North American title. He won the Ring of Honor TV title. Uh, he took on the newest signing of AEW, Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe defeated Minoru Suzuki in a great match uh, for the TV championship. Outside for the entire match, Jay Lethal being billed as Samoa Joe's former prodigy and Sanjay Dutt taunting them, saying they had a gift they opened the, the gift they had only for the lights to go out and Satnam Singh who is a former NBA basketball player Wikipedia tells me I have absolutely no interest <laughs> Satnam Singh then proceeds to I, I mentioned Great Cali earlier he, he proceeds to lumber about the ring and then do Great Cali's finisher to make Samoa Joe pass out um, this was an example of very, very good and very, very bad colliding at the once. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. Good. Them having a title match. Great. The actual match itself. Spectacular. Big, giant, great Kali ripoff attacking Samoa Joe after. Nope, you've lost me. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, it didn't really work, did it? Um, nope. I th- you know, if, if it was just, you know, lethal uh, attacking... Joe, it would have been much different, I think. Um, but obviously, you know, Satnam Singh, he's there as, as he's the giant imposing threat. He's going to batter down everyone. He's the, you know, he's there. He's their new heavy now, isn't he? That's what he's going to be. He's their new heavy. And uh, I, I've I've never seen him in the ring. You know, I'm I'm aware. You know, being a basketball fan, I know he he was he was picked 
uh, by one of the big teams in, the, in in America. You know, selected by Dallas Mavericks, and uh, then obviously decided that uh, he, he fancied getting in the ring. So, yeah, I, I, I have to admit I don't know much about him. I know he he he's been at the Performance Center according to Wikipedia, but then he was signed last year by AEW. And yeah, I I just don't, yeah, I. I'm I'm not excited about it. I need to see more of him to see what's what, but it, it wasn't the end of the show that everybody particularly associates with AEW, I think. It was selected by the Dallas Mavericks, but then it looks like he spent his time out on loan. Um, yeah. At the minor leagues, it's like sort of saying, like, th- there seems to be a thing up here in Scotland because we have, you know, our teams have such a... a a pitiful uh, transfer budget compared to the millions down south. It's always like, St. Johnson have signed such and such from Liverpool. Then you look him up and he played one Carling Cup game, or sorry, one (laughs) game for Liverpool and spent his time on loan at, you know, Reading, Hull, Leicester when they were in the lower leagues, you know, just... (laughs) Yeah, he he, he came from Liverpool. We never got a sniff at the Liverpool first team. Let's let's be honest here. So, yeah, he's a former NBA basketball player who spent his career on loan at Texas Legends and St. John's Edge. Yeah, he was picked actually quite low in the draft anyway. So he was one of those ones that, um, you know, obviously they were... that They wasn't, like, massively, you know, hyped up at one point. He had a great... Uh, sort of college career by the looks of it um, and, and clearly you know built for basketball you know seven foot two and, and 290 pounds so the, the man was built for it but yeah being in the ring and again you know when you get giant people like like him and you look at Omos as well you know the, there's limitations of what they can do in the ring and it's going to be interesting to see you know him if they're going to throw him in there with Samoa Joe and how Joe's going to handle that situation uh, but again, I've I've not seen enough of him in the ring to kind of have a good judgment on him. I'm just reading his Wikipedia pages now. When he was nine years old, he was five foot nine. Good God! My word, that's ridiculous. I'm only five ten now. <laughs> Mad. His farmer were his grandfather was a wheat farmer and a milk farmer. So there you are. Eat your eat your wheatabix, kids. You too can be. You too can play for the Dallas Mavericks briefly. Well, maybe, yeah. You, you at least get the the jersey. <laughs> but anyway, that is going to round us off for this week. Um, it's the hangover of WrestleMania. There's not much news out there this week. We'll be back next week to preview Impact Wrestling's Rebellion, as well as hopefully have more information about the WWE UK show. Hopefully a name, although I very much doubt that until... Uh, until we get closer to the time, I think could we could we get Capital Carnage to come back? I mean, oh, ca- the Capital- one night only. Come on, one only there you go. <laughs> one night only, an absolute classic. There we are, oh, and we can <laughs> playing the role of the British Bulldog will be Drew McIntyre, <laughs> yeah, of the European Championship. Do you, uh, we were talking about this earlier. Do you think there's going to be a an NXT UK title match? Um, yeah, there'll be it'll be pre-show, I reckon. The pre-show, aye. Yeah, because I, d- I don't think like the masses, the majority, even though NXT UK is actually on BT Sport, I don't think the masses watch it. Like, oh, you know, like in in decent enough numbers. Like people are aware of the talent and they're oh. aware of the big talent. I mean, you know, talk of NXT UK. Obviously, Nathan Fraser's gone up to 
uh, to the main NXT 2.0 uh, from UK. But I don't think there's, you know, no one's going to get very excited about seeing uh, Isla Dawn versus somebody else. Because I, I think Isla's great, but I don't think enough people, like of that 75,000 people, will know Isla Dawn versus Ginny. As an example, yeah. just an example, just just pluck that out of the air. What if well, we've saw Roderick Strong have a wee dalliance in NXT before the pandemic era? Mm. Uh, NXT takeover, NXT UK takeover Dublin was planned. The plan was uh, to Finn Balor against Walter. Yeah. Do you think if maybe Dragonoff could still be the champion? I think he's got enough exposure worldwide to get people excited. But they've had to call his music, haven't they? They've had to call his music and his entrance, so they'd have to repackage Dragonoff. Uh, do you think maybe someone like a Tyler Bate winning the title and maybe going up against a Roderick Strong or a Finn Balor? Uh, yeah, it'll be a great match, but again, I, I, you know, it's Finn who's the attraction. Yeah, you know, I don't think any, you know, enough people will care. And I've just actually thought of an example of this because I was at the um, WWE show in Manchester. Uh, yep. in the, uh, the last tour in November. Um, you had uh, Trent Seven, and I think it was Ginny, uh, from my memory, and I think it may have been somebody else, but I can't remember off the top of my head. There's three NXT UK talents just walking around. Nobody bothered them. <laughs> like, nobody knew. We, because we, obviously, you know, we knew. We were like, oh, that's, that's Trent Seven. It's Ginny, isn't it? As well, you know, and Nobody bothered them. And they yeah. were at one point they were just walking around and they were actually looking at people in the crowd. <laughs> and nobody was paying any attention. And I think that's kind of, you know, just indicative of how NXT UK is seen, which is a shame because it's a very good show at times. Yeah, fuck. Well, that is going to end us for this week. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk, John, in depth about the breakup of Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. Because we'll, we'll I'm, still, I'm still too upset about it. Exactly. We'll save that for next week. It's still a bit too raw at the moment. But if you want to listen to more of our previews, reviews, interviews, and all the news, then follow us Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, eh, sorry, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and listen to the back catalogue, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. John, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, my friend, as always. We'll be back next week. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Hello, I am Jack Graham. I am Scott McLeod. And I'm David Hockney. And you can catch us hosting one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can tune in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of playing current season of our fantasy draft as always you can catch saturday draft live on all good podcasting platforms